but newborns, man, they don't uh, they don't like to play by the rules. No, they don't like to sleep. They don't like to let you sleep. Yeah, it's the second part. My baby sleeps all the time, but only during daylight hours. As soon as the sun goes down, he wants to party. It must be like a second baby thing because the second child that my wife gave birth to was the same. Like he slept during the day fine. At time when we could actually sleep, he was like, hey, let's party. Let's hang out. Yeah, that's I mean, that's exactly how it is. Like, I mean, it's not necessarily nighttime, but like we'll be, you know, post dinner hanging out. Remy will put a show on for Remy. You know, lights are on and he's just passed out. And then as soon as we're ready to go upstairs around, you know, 930, 10, uh, he gets fed one more time. We put him in his bassinet and we shut off the lights and turn on the like white noise. And he's like moving around, making noises, like has no intention of going to sleep. It's just like, it's great. Yeah, no, it is the exact same for us. And like before our fifth was born, it was like, what's the difference? Like four or five at some point, just a lot of kids had our fourth, our oldest three, like going to school. So when number four went down for naps during the day, you can kind of get caught up. So having that when you have a newborn and a two-year-old and then like our older kids, like preteens when when our fifth was born. So yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm complaining about this. I'm getting woken up all the time, but I can go right back to sleep. It's my wife who has to like feed him and do all that. Like I'll, every once in a while, she'll wake me up and ask for some help. But generally, especially during the, cause I, I went back to work, you know, I took a week off and then I'm back at work. So she tries to let me sleep as much as she can. But I mean, I'm not getting a lot of sleep. She's not getting a lot of sleep. It's just like a miserable, miserable existence. But uh, her mom was here for a month. She just left on Sunday. My mom showed up on Sunday. So we've luckily we've had no gaps in help. But my mom go, leaves in like, you know, two weeks. And then we're going to be on our own. And, I, and I'll be in school. So I don't know how this is all going to work out. Yep. Nope. I was I was in grad school and we had number five, also number four and number five, but none of it was fun. It was just, it was the lost years. You lose your mind, lose your time, lose. What we aren't losing is classified materials, but we'll get to that. Welcome back. We took a couple of weeks off because as you just heard, I had a new baby and there was no way my mind was going. I mean, I'm barely, Thomas asked me if I wanted to record this week. And I was like, yeah, I can do it, but I'm not anywhere near 100% on rest or sanity sanity or any of that. Uh, but last week was much worse. So, And that explains all the opinions you're about to give. You're not yes, near so sanity. Please, so please take everything with a huge grain of salt that I'm about to say. You should do that anyway, but especially this week. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're back. I'm at the rake, but the A's four on Twitter, as always. At Thomas Black underscore 86, my co-host. At OVO Deep State is the show's Twitter. We are going to discuss the topic. The Inflation Reduction Act. like the day. What's It's got to be the Inflation Reduction Act, right? Of the week. Yeah, the Inflation Reduction Act. That's a that's a big one, but not really. Uh, just more, more spending during an inflationary period. Probably not the best, but... Uh, I do like some of it, but that's a whole nother. We don't want to talk about bureaucracy, man. We got way more important things to talk about. Both of us have had or currently have clearances. We know all like you have to take all kinds of training on handling your classified material. I'm pretty sure it's yearly. And if it's not yearly, it's every two years. But we're very well versed on how you're supposed to handle classified material. Where you're supposed to do common folks, at least. Yes. Uh, so for, you know, a couple of years ago when Trump was, 
uh, under investigation for the whole Russia Gate stuff. Uh, a person who actually worked at our old place of business down in Georgia, Reality Winner, took a classified document, classified report off the system and gave it to a newspaper and they published it. And there's a big hoopla and she went to jail, federal prison for that. Uh, there's been other instances of handling, mishandling classified material, I should say. And then it comes to a former president who allegedly had 11 boxes or 11 different boxes that had some sort of classified material in it on his unclassified, well, not unclassified property. That doesn't make sense. But his uncleared storage facility, I should say, in Florida at Mar-a-Lago. First things first, I just want to not well, even like... Let's back for clarity. Because I forgot her name, the Georgia leaker. Her name yeah. is actually reality winner. Yeah. That was not a, a title, uh, like a being funny. Oh, yeah. That, I was like reality, like reality TV winner. That was her name. About? Yeah, and I fully remember that was that was her name. Yeah, she actually had like a sixty minutes interview, which I thought was interesting. She still, I don't think. I mean, I think she regrets it because of the punishment she faced, but she doesn't like regret it. And while I'm no fan of Trump. Leaking classified documents like that is not the way you go about whistleblowing. Uh, so I don't have a ton of sympathy for her. Uh, but that's a whole other topic. Yeah, but check out the 60 Minutes interview. I thought it was pretty interesting, uh, her point of view on it. But yeah, so Trump Trump left office, and it was still unclear if he was going to even leave office. But within the last, I guess the reports are, you know, it was kind of chaos the last week when it seemed like he was actually going to have to leave office, which, no kidding, he lost a, an election, fair and square. But I guess it was a mad scramble, and I, I think the the ultimate defense is going to be we just threw everything in boxes and and left, like we we weren't we were scrambling. It was chaos, and that's like going to be the defense, I think. And there's another defense that he's gonna that I've read as well that I want to go over with you. But first, like, what do you think about just in general Trump? transporting classified material to his home in Florida. Uh, like, are you, I don't want to say okay with it, but like, do you think it's a big deal or not? And like, without even discussing what the actual classified material is, just in general, if he had documents of classified material mixed in with his boxes of material that he, he left office with, do you think it's like that big of a deal? I think my, my short answer is it depends. A couple of different things I've read at different time periods. It's not uncommon especially for presidents, to, um, because they have the authority to take something that is classified, um, determine it's no longer classified, their house, take it to you know wherever they want to store it. Um, and I also don't think it's particularly uncommon for most high-level government officials to, I mean, quite frankly, just do stuff that you and I would lose our jobs for. Um, we saw that with General Petraeus. He did this. We saw that with Secretary Clinton. She did this. And obviously, you know, it looks like President Trump, to some degree or another, did it. So I think it, a lot of it depends on what what was taken. Um, and quite honestly, it kind of depends on did you actually go through the correct legal process to determine this is unclassified? Because I've read a couple spoilers. of spoilers. You what? didn't. Spoiler <laughs> alert. He didn't. Well, yeah, because apparently that and we, we won't really know until we if we ever see the application for the warrant um, or the affidavit for the warrant. But apparently he had a standing order that whatever he took to Mar-a-Lago was unclassified can't just like say that like 
I read an article about David French. Today, and he's like, it's not like Michael Scott declaring bankruptcy. You can't just say yeah. unclassified. You have yeah. to actually have an order. And apparently they haven't actually found evidence of an actual order existing. So therefore, the they are classified. Point. That was the second point I wanted to get to is that the president has ultimate classification authority. They're the end all be all. Uh, so there's a there's definitely a system in place for them to say, I want this declassified. Like, let's say there was classified information on aliens or something. I mean, there there almost certainly is. But I'm just saying, like, let's say he wanted to declassify all the stuff with aliens. He would he would tell somebody and they would go through the process of declassifying that. He wouldn't like just like say it's unclassified and now it's unclassified. There's a there there is a process as you were alluding to, but really the process is just more bureaucratic. It's not the I don't I don't. This is another point I want to get to later, I guess. But I I'm, honestly, in my opinion, I think he does have that power to say this is no longer declassified and it makes it not declassified. Like the the bureaucratic process is for everybody else's handling of it. But he himself can say it's declassified since he's the ultimate classification authority. Like there's no there's no there's no the bureaucracy isn't above the president. He's literally the ultimate classification authority. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. But I, I think if from everything I've read, like from just a, a court of law standpoint, um, from what could be uh, the circumstances that led to this, they can't find anything that would suggest it was actually declassified other than kind of a word of mouth where he just had a standing order. Everything that went to Florida was declassified. Right. So right. You know, I, I agree with that entirely. I think there's a legal question on whether that's a... How that's, necessary that paperwork is or... Right. I, like I said, the paperwork is mostly for everybody else's handling of it, right? Like his handling, he could take a top secret document into a meeting with a... He could take a top secret, no foreign, which means do not share with foreigners, nobody. He could take that document into a meeting with the UK prime minister, the Israeli prime minister, whatever, and hand them that document. He's the ultimate classification authority. That's 100% his call, right? Like the, like I said, the bureaucracy beyond that decision is for everybody else's handling of it. If, if he says, okay, this is no longer no foreign, that makes it no longer no foreign. Uh, so like, all, like I say R, but like anybody in the intelligence community needs that bureaucracy to be like, to, de- to, to reclassify it or declassify it so they can use it appropriately or handle it appropriately. But he himself, like that, that bureaucracy is not for him. Yeah, I guess uh, I'm just thinking about for more of like a, um, let's say this was like really nefarious and they were thinking like, um, and I'm not saying in this situation. So any other president, for instance, if they were thinking that being classified information because a foreign government had blackmail on him, he gave it to them and he's like, oh, well, I declassified it. If you were going to impeach that president, it would matter if there was actual evidence that you declassified it versus you trying to secretly and covertly give away information to avoid blackmail. So now I, th- I think, so if that's the principle that, okay, yes, you can declassify it, but there still should be some evidence that it was done, then that would still have to apply here, even if it was not as nefarious as the situation I gave. So yeah. to me, it's just an interesting point of like, what, what classified material did he actually have? And is it still legally classified or... You know, did he actually declassify this whole thing is this this was really very common among Trump's presidency, in my opinion, where we found out that a lot of things that we thought were like restricting the president was all just kind of decorum and tradition and not actual law and checks and balances. I I 
completely agree. Everything you've said about how this should go, I agree with. There, he should have to notify somebody to declassify something, and there's a process in place. Uh, I don't think that's the case, though. Like, I don't. I I think it's absolutely wrong and terrible, and and the situation you laid out is absolutely the worst case scenario. Of if the ultimate classification authority is compromised, that means they can declassify all these documents. But I mean, even if even if let's say we're I'm not going to say Trump, but a generic president was compromised by a foreign government and he wanted to declassify something to give to them, he could still do it though, right? You could oh, say, yeah. I want this declassified, and then he could hand it to his handlers. Like yeah, there's nothing, he, he definitely like, there's, there's nothing that stopping is, that. No, you're right. But I guess what I'm saying is in that instance, um, at least some sort of a trail declassified yes. something. So, I mean, I agree. But yeah. I'm, I, I don't, I, again, I think that's more tradition. I don't think that's law. I don't think he has to. I think, yeah, because, I think like, it it's literally... It's literally called the ultimate classification authority. Like it's not – that's not a uh, an adjective I'm throwing on there. He's literally the end-all, be-all. And that, like that's the way it has always been. But I, I mean I agree. But this is why presidential elections matter. This is why who we elect as president matters. You need somebody who is trustworthy and is not going to give away secrets to our, our adversaries. It's one of the things that um, – there was a uh, – I don't have the article pulled up, but I remember from his time in office, uh, the Syria stuff where Israeli gave us intelligence or we gave Israel intelligence and there was a bombing a bombing run done on ISIS and he told the Russian foreign minister about it. And I, like you're supposed to protect your – most of classification is protecting your sources and methods. Uh, and Israel was very mad at us that we – that Trump, you know, inadvertently – gave that away or, or or compromised it in some way but like even like that's not illegal he was allowed he's well within his authority to do that it, but like now I, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast before if i or if i've just talked about it in general with other people before but like trump is the perfect president to have shown us all the faults that are wrong with like the the powers that presidents have they have again they have way more power than we assume because we like Staying eight years in office, only doing two terms and leaving. That was a tradition that George Washington started. But then FDR that wasn't law until FDR came in and got elected three times. They're like, oh, wait a minute. We, we're going to limit this to two. Like it's a, a lot of stuff of presidential powers and pre- what the president can do is kind of all tradition. And it's kind of scary that somebody, if we have a bad actor in there, not say, I'm not saying Trump is a bad actor, but I'm saying if we had a bad actor in there, they could do a lot of damage Congress Without, with, with no check. There's no check. There's no congressional check. There's no there's no judicial check. That's, well, that's kind the thing. Of yeah, like Congress has surrendered so much of their responsibility to the executive office. Um, and then that's created dangers. But the reason it matters here, I mean, because if you look at the warrant, they're basically looking for four things. They were looking for classified material. They were looking for ways of storing, transmitting and receiving classified material, um, presidential records of any kind for his entire term of office and uh, evidence of altering. Uh, either presidential records or classification or things with classification markings. Yeah, and just now, uh, that- just real quick, real quick, just to spec- or clarify, you're allowed to take records out of your yes, out of like, but you're supposed to go through a process, the National Records Administration or whatever they're called, uh, archives. They're supposed to like go through it and make sure there's no classified material and like make copies or whatever. Like they they're the custodians of all that. Like. We, the people, own all those documents, all that material. That's the we own that. That's public, quote unquote, public. Uh, not the president, right? Like anything, all that stuff should go through the Records Act for 
preservation and for you know security and that didn't happen with this like i said it was kind of chaos and they just took all these records to mar-a-lago without without that so sorry for interrupting you but i just wanted to clarify that like there is a process by which he was supposed to go through that he didn't yeah there is but but the reason i think it matters here is if they had evidence that care of and it was it was established essentially i mean established law for his presidency that anything that went to mar-a-lago is unclassified you have points um, completely nullified because it's not illegal at that point. He has declassified it. And then all you're left with is uh, citation C, government or presidential records created during his term. And to me, that's the probable cause of a crime. It's kind of the, the men's nomenclature is a reasonable person that a crime occurred. So if you're, if you're doing something unprecedented, the federal law enforcement agency, which is the FBI, and house, and all you're looking for is that is a very low standard, probable cause of a crime, and this looks incredibly bad, right? So, and, and again, in my mind, as I'm kind of processing, like, man, I wish I knew this, I wish I knew that, it's like, okay, it matters to me to be classified, because if it wasn't, I have enough concerns about President Trump's character to think uh, he might he, he might have something that <laughs> I would rather him not have, and it could actually be dangerous for, for national security. You know what I'm saying? So like if this was a, a President Bush or a President Obama or President Clinton, like none of those guys would have had the sort of character flaws that would make me think that they, they, they may be trying to do something that's not in the best interest of the nation for personal gain the way that, that Trump did. So yeah, that's what I say. If, if he had a standing order, if they knew he had a standing order, then to me this is fairly bogus that the judge who issued the warrant to uh, Attorney General Garland approved this raid. It, it's just it's just a very possibly corrupt thing if all you're looking for is... Sure. It, it does matter... Well, let me say this. It doesn't matter if he has... What kind of classified material he has. If he has classified material and it's unsecure and uh, all the records have to be preserved through the... National Archives. I don't. I mean, I think a, a raid is probably the last resort. Like I'm again, I, because I'm lean left. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Whereas I know people who are going to be uh, not just Trump supporters, but just conservatives, small government, anti-government in general, are going to lean, you know, away from government intervention and stuff like this. But like, if it's classified material, it's classified material. Whether he had a standing order or not, he's not supposed to take records from the white house without them being reviewed first by the national archives period like i said he doesn't own those records technically the national archives do uh whether that whether that warrants an fbi raid is another question but just on the like not even talking about classified just the records in general uh you're not supposed to to do that what he did so that's that's one thing uh the reports that there's actual like top secret special access program nuclear material in those records that that gives me more benefit of the doubt for why they ended up conducting the raid yeah and again to me that's where the the affidavit for the warrant matters because those are sworn statements under earth saying here's why we think we need this here's the puzzle pieces we think we'll get out of it but but with regards to the point about classified material i don't disagree you would have a pretty obvious double double standard there because I mean, Secretary Clinton mishandled uh, classified information, and or Comey, Director Comey, 
decided an FBI raid wasn't warranted. I believe General Petraeus mishandled classified information. And again, he wasn't uh, given a warrant for further investigation. So if the standard of, if, if the rationale is you have classified material, there is just a concern. You're giving a warrant for President Trump's home, like private property, not for the only possible caveat that I would, I would, I guess, add to it is um, apparently he, President Trump was subpoenaed. And like you yes. said, the National Archives was like, hey, we believe you have some of these things. You just send them back to us. And then he and his or his lawyers sent the st- some stuff back that, hey, this is everything we have. And the archives disagreed. And, and that yes. wasn't true for Secretary Clinton. So it might not be the classified material aspect. It could be the um, obstruction of justice. Yes. But man, like, again, it just matters. What did you the, think he did? What what well, evidence did you have to lead here? Because obstruction of justice on a former president by a, by a sitting president of a different party um, to raid their house, that that just looks like. Yes motivated justice and it would be unprecedented I, so i i agree which again me leaning left all of that i think went into the calculus of okaying the raid so you have to give them the, i have to give them the benefit of the doubt that it was serious that it wasn't there was no other way to accomplish this because it does i absolutely agree with you that it looks bad if it if it's not and so so I why would they that. take that why would they take that risk Without it actually like amounting to, um, you know, what's the least amount of force or whatever. Um, uh, I mean, minimum, I'll, minimum what I, I can't think of the, the saying or whatever. Minimum like, force. Yeah, there you go. So like, if if the FBI rate is the minimum, what what happened before that to to escalate it to that that height? Uh, but just real quick before you respond or go over, it, quick timeline: January twenty twenty two. Uh, they were. They, they knew that there was boxes of documents that were transferred to the Mar-a-Lago without being properly reviewed. Uh, they threw a Trump representative, got 15 boxes of documents. Everything went fine. There was some classified material in those 15 boxes they found. Uh, they referred it to the Justice Department. Uh, February, House Committee on Oversight and Reform wants additional documents from the National Archives. Uh they want to determine if the former president violated federal records laws when he took the boxes to Florida. Spring 2022, investigators from the Justice Department and FBI visit Mar-a-Lago to get more information about classified materials taken to Florida. Federal officials also served a subpoena for some documents believed to still be at the estate. So allegedly, my understanding is they served the subpoena and then basically were stonewalled. So that was spring and about four months later is the raid. So that's that's where we're at. Yeah, um, and to your point, you know, I, I'm I'm not right leaning. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not left leaning. Um, on the most talked about issues, I'm probably more right leaning um, because things like criminal justice, immigration, well, immigration to some degree, but I'm more neutral in some of those. All that said, when you ask like why would they do that, and I would also throw in knowing the current political climate uh, as a population, yes. All we that's have in the cal- like you would hope, right? Yes. All that's no. in the calculus. And the fact that the attorney general signed off on it himself, like that kind of shows that they needed that. They had to go to the top to do it. So I, again, you keep saying if they unsealed the affidavit or whatever, like we're not going to see any of that stuff until there's some sort of um, repercussion or crimes. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? 
what do what do you can tell charges are brought? Charges are filed. Yeah, brought brought against him. Well, and that's you know that's basically what the DOJ's attorneys are saying is we can't unseal the affidavit because it interrupt the investigation, yeah. which yeah, might yeah. be it's fair. Not, you don't even normally unseal the warrant, but I, they had to at this point. Um, that was the least. That was the most they could reveal during an ongoing investigation. Uh, and that's and that's not like that's pretty standard. It's not it's not like you lay all your cards on the table. If Trump really was acting nefarious, like you don't you don't unseal all that stuff. You don't tell them who the witnesses are. That's crazy. Like imagine telling the mob who the witnesses are at, ahead of the trial. Uh, that's insane. So not saying that Trump is the mob or is going to have any of them whacked or tampered with but like that's why you don't do it you don't you don't release that information that's insane and honestly any more proof you need to see that you shouldn't do that stuff is like the fbi office in cincinnati being attacked uh increased threats to the fbi offices just in general like if you released some kind of whistleblower or witness what you know identity that would spell bad things given the current uh, political climate. Yeah. And, and to your point, because legally all you need is probable cause. I would hope that the final people making this decision aren't just looking at legality. I would hope they are looking at, man, I, this is beyond probable cause. This is clear and convincing or even possibly beyond reasonable doubt. Because like you said, like if they come up with nothing or if they come up with something that seems relatively minor, it puts America very, I don't, man, I don't want to be hyperbolic and I don't want to be dramatic. But I would just say that every internal conflict that, that went to arms, there was never like one thing. There was usually a series of things, and each step got a little bit bigger than the other. And this would be, to me, a fairly big step, a political rival to the government to raid a, the, the, the private property of another political rival, and there's nothing there. Like that, that yeah, what's true or not doesn't terrible. necessarily matter as much. It's what's perceived, and what would be perceived is, you know, President Obama and the IRS targeting conservative groups, allegedly. Is Secretary Clinton never having the government turn against her, and now nothing coming of raid on President Trump's house. So it, it's just a weird... Is there, I think is, of, is there selective amnesia that Clinton wasn't brought in front of the Benghazi trial or Benghazi committee? She was... It was yeah, she was never... Uh, I said her house... hours? I said her house was never raided for... Well, yeah, it's also year. different. She was... Whatever they found out about the server, she turned it over, didn't she? Uh, after it was cleaned and such. And, but but again, to me, that's that's where it's like, okay, if you're asking for it and you certainly know the technology exists to wipe it clean, it, it, it would just appear. If you don't know what the affidavit for the warrant said, there's some reasonable argument to be made. And even if it's not reasonable, if, if there's a perception that could be had, there seems like a double standard and it seems like you just hate Trump. And because you hate Trump, now you're doing this. Sure, so it would concern like- me what the perception would turn into right but the analogy isn't clinton wasn't rated the analogy is clinton complied with whatever subpoena or request for her email server yes i understand it was wiped clean and whatnot however the the analogy is that trump was asked in january for to hand over all the material and then he was subpoenaed and then he still didn't do it and then he got rated like that entire time, he could have been copying doc- these documents. He could have been selling these doc. Like I'm not. They could have been. There's a myriad of things he could have been doing that is akin to wiping your email server. He could have been burning documents. Like we don't know what he was doing, and that's why they had to raid him was because they didn't want him to destroy more evidence or lose 
lose custody, more evidence. Like I, but my third bullet point, my, my, my third bullet point is, was the raid worth it? And that's kind of like what we're talking about. Like, was the raid worth it? Like, let's say worst case scenario, Trump was either destroying documents or had highly classified documents in an unclassified storage facility. Like whatever the worst, I don't, not rising to Trump was actively trying to sell nuclear secrets to foreign adversary, foreign country. Let's, let's rule that out. But like just having possession of those documents and it like he took them, he knew he had them and he refused to give them back. Like, even if that was true, was, is the raid, is the raid worth it uh, politically and not even politically, but just like for the health of our, our country's government systems, like it was the raid worth it. Depends. But, but, but to kind of go back to your point, or at least the point you made is if they didn't do a raid, he could have destroyed evidence, which you say the same thing for Secretary Clinton is they didn't do a raid and see possibly destroyed evidence. Sure. But he was, given, uh, he was, he was afforded the same opportunity to turn documents over seven months ago. That's the difference. Like, Hey, we want your computer. Okay. I'll give you my computer. She wiped it first and gave him the computer. That's, she shouldn't have done that. I'm not, I'm not trying to defend Clinton at all. Whatever she did was was wrong. She was investigated by the FBI. But the reason they didn't raid her house is because they asked for it first. They asked for Trump first, too. And then he waited seven months, and he still wasn't planning on giving it to them. Uh, that, that's, the, that's the main difference. They, they both had step one. Hey, can we have this, these, this thing, these documents, your computer? Clinton said, sure, wiped and gave it to him. There's no, there's, what, what were they going to raid at her house? Trump still actively had documents. They had they wanted to get those documents. Like that's the main difference, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and I get what you're saying, but you know when you talk about point three is is was it worth it? I, th- I think there's a lot to consider. I mean, what led them to this? What did they think he had? What was the concern? All of those things, but also what's going to be the perception? I mean, so so for instance, see if I can make sense of, of tying this together. Go back to like the election of 1960, um, Kennedy and um, Nixon. Nixon believed he had pretty good evidence that there was like a legitimate uh, voter fraud that took place and actually swayed the election. He said it's not worth the perception that America is divided and that there's political infighting and it would weaken us and nothing is worth that. Right. So I think in, in the same sense, what's the perception? Because to some degree, facts matter. To some degree, they don't. It already is perceived by enough people to cause a footnote in American history that this election was stolen. And now if all of those people now believe that the current, quote unquote, illegitimate government is attacking the private property of the, quote unquote, legitimate president. And now you have a lot of political right wing commentators talking about, you know, making war and defending yourself like like I say when you look at the history of internal conflicts of nations it's not usually oh this one thing happened yeah if it's always just there's a series of things and then something big so it is to me again it depends on what you're looking for what you think he did what you think he's going to do and you need to be able to make that public fairly quick because coming up empty would be from a domestic yes. standpoint the equivalent of invading a foreign nation because you thought they had weapons of mass weapons destruction of mass. and turns out they didn't you know what i'm saying like this is this has the potential to be domestically uh but we got we got away with that too so uh yeah my counter to that is and this might sound inflammatory more inflammatory than i mean it is when you're talking about 
people who think they stole the election and then are raiding the legitimate government's pro- or legitimate president's private property is you don't negotiate with terrorists. We don't make decisions based on the 10 to 20 percent of radical folks who are diehard Trumpers who think the election was actually stolen and he's the legitimate president. Like he built himself that bubble. That doesn't mean he's allowed to act whatever way he wants. And like, if you set that precedent, then any president can do basically whatever they want for fear of civil war. Uh, and that's just not a good way to do things. We should, we should, the stupid refrain that I saw all week last week from uh, right wing talking heads of if they can raid president Trump, imagine what they can do to you. It's the exact opposite for so long. People in power don't get raided like normal people do. They, they get not just people in power, rich people, politicians, they don't get no knocked raided. That's, that's for the poors. That's for the rest of us. We, we get that treatment. They're never held accountable. So I think holding people accountable is, that's absolutely what makes America America. The problem is, is the politics, the politics of it, the the perceived politics of it. And that's where things decision making gets blurry is because of that lens of politics. But in general, everybody should be held accountable. If if uh, if even so, what, what some people don't know is that you can put multiple pieces of unclassified material together and all that information together makes something classified. It reveals something classified. That's that's not even talking about actually classified material. So we all know how to handle that stuff. And we, we would get in massive trouble if we mishandled it. So Trump, former president, whatever, mishandling stuff of the highest like classification levels, TSSCI, special access program, you know, eyes. Oh, I don't know what it, what it actually is, but like basically like the stuff that is super secret, not not just the normal confidential like if if they did this raid and all they got out of it was a couple confidential documents i would 100 agree with you that it looks super bad uh it looks like an attack on his credibility <clears throat> to prevent him from running in 2024 whatever but if it is what all the reports say it is like how can you not raid somebody like that who's refusing to give those documents back well i think that's where uh that's where any outlet because of the state of our media in the U.S., none of them have credibility. It's just like, okay, this person says something, but who knows? Nobody's doing real investigative journalism, right? Like nobody is a trusted source of reliable information that really doesn't have an agenda. So I get what you're saying. Yeah, things are being reported. But to your point, like, what did the affidavit say that got you this warrant? And what did you end up finding? Because I'm 100% on your side with justice should be blind. You said it's not, and this would be the worst time selected justice on a high-ranking government official, especially if you you come up empty or if the prevailing thought was all we need is probable cause, do we have it? Because yes, legally, all you need is probable cause, but you have to consider at the positions of power that these decision makers are, what's going to be the ripple effect for this? So we can't just have yeah. probable cause. We and hold ourselves to a higher standard and and I would say I would do this. Whoever's in office, I don't trust any of them enough to be like, yes. I, with few exceptions, I think their character is honorable enough to recognize that, hold themselves to it, and act accordingly. Yeah, well, I mean, that's where I give them the benefit of the doubt. Like they, not I'm not saying benefit of the doubt of like they found what is being reported. They found like they're going to have to show me the proof that 
all this went down exactly how they said it did. But like to approve the raid, I give them the benefit of the doubt that they took that into the calculus, like how bad it looks. If Trump was a two term president and couldn't run again, it looks I think the 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 burden of proof is a lot less to do that sort of thing because he can't run again. But since he's he's a viable 2024 candidate, like that's got to be part of the calculus. And let me be super cynical. Trump is like the only candidate that Biden beats in 2024. So I don't know why Biden would personally like try to go after Trump. He should want Trump to be the candidate. I don't know. I don't know that he guarantees beats him in 24. I don't, I'm not saying and nothing's a guarantee in politics, but Biden is unfavorable against every single other opponent. DeSantis would stomp him. Um, but like Trump, he already beat Trump. He can beat Trump again. It's not a tough sell. Like people, it's it's the anti-Trumpness of it. Like people like DeSantis. DeSantis doesn't carry the same amount of baggage that Trump does. So in my opinion, let me not say, let's not say, let me not be definitive of like Biden could beat Trump. But I think like definitively, but like that's his best bet. That's his best matchup is Biden versus Trump if he wants to be reelected. So why would he go after Trump? Like they do internal polling. They know the politics. They know uh biden versus every republican nominee that it could be like as far as like a general idea of what the matchup would be like they know he loses to desantis by a lot so in my opinion it's really dumb to be like oh biden ordered this personally on trump because he knew he was going to run against him in 2024 like that makes zero sense to me i would agree with everything you said but i would just follow it with people do dumb things sometimes sure and sure. And I, I, I totally agree. That's me being cynical about it. Like, yeah. if I'm Biden, I want Trump. That's my best match. Sure. And, and, and I would agree with that because, again, I think he well, – I, I, well, I wouldn't be as confident in you that he wins in 2024. He is, from where we stand now, um, the best chance of a second term for President Biden based off of the other people that are highly suspected to run. Yes. But, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I said I would hope they would take all those things into consideration. I think I'm just generally more skeptical of government, regardless of party, and trying to like look at like I mean, between the two poles of was absolutely wrong, nothing else matters. The other extreme of probably is a multiple time criminal. They should raid his house just to see if there is anything there because we can't trust him. I, I want to be some. I want to be in the middle of man. If there is legitimate legal. And beyond the, the necessary burden of proofs to do this, um, and, and you know specifically what you're going after and the ramifications of he has this or if he did this, present maybe not an existential crisis to the United States, but certainly a significant detriment to United States positioning, um, you know, from a defense standpoint. Yeah, you have to do that. You have to do everything you can to get that material back and to establish justice, right? But if it's just uh, we think he did or, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he did. And we have these circumstantial evidence. Man, that's just it's just a very dangerous precedent established because I, as we've I seen with precedents before, I mean, as we've seen with every other precedent in American history, he will not be the last person to do this if it was probable cause is all that's necessary. I, I, I don't think he would be. And that's a pattern that I don't want to see happen. Yeah, but I, on the flip side, I also think it's terrible precedence that we would let a president just take boxes and boxes of material from the white house. Like what that, that precedent of um, presidential transparency, like imagine if presidents were just able to take boxes and boxes of stuff without review from the white house uh, outside of just classified material. Like that's, it's just a bad precedent to set. 
saying giving Trump the benefit of the doubt that he's not a bad actor, that he's just I don't know. Made a full choice. Yeah, ignorant of the law or whatever. Uh that it still sets up a future president who could be a bad actor using this as precedent of saying, Well, Trump took, you know, dozens of boxes and he was able to keep them. So I'm gonna do that too and you know, make a little money on the side or hold them for leverage or whatever. Like it's just it's terrible. It's a terrible precedent to set. It's both both are untenable in my my opinion, but I'm gonna side with like again, this is all assuming that what the government is saying is true of why they had to go in and actually recovered real documents. Um, the reason that's important is because it's better to err on the side of like following the law than like I I would give Trump some leeway if it was just unclassified documents that he took. Uh, maybe it was embarrassing. Maybe it was whatever, but they weren't classified. But the fact that they already found classified material in the first batch and again, allegedly found more highly classified material in this raid, like he loses that that little cushion I would normally say is OK for for four. Again, because like you don't just need burden of proof with a raid. You need like if we don't do this, more bad things like worse things will happen. That's like a raid has to stop worse things from happening. Not just a bad thing happened and we got to like, you know, what I'm saying like it's, it's basically what, we, what you've been saying and what I've been saying this whole time is like, is the raid worth it? If the, the raid is worth it, if we if there's also, uh, in my opinion, like 100 percent, no d- doubt about it, unquestionably worth it. If they can if they found top secret documents and there's some additional proof that Trump was going to do something with those documents, whether that was, you know, give them to foreigner a foreign government or even just give them the like breitbart or some media or whatever anything like use them as leverage basically if there's some kind of other like some kind of motive that we can attach to this that makes it 100 absolutely worth it if it's just to recover highly classified material i'm gonna say the rate is probably like 50 percent worth it and then obviously like you said if it's if it's not if it doesn't rise to that level zero percent worth it uh, negative 100% worth it. Like there's, it's like kind of like an all or nothing. Like they really need to nail this. Oh yeah, 100%. And and I agree with what you said earlier. Like yeah, both precedents are are bad, but one has already been established. Like you said, it's just a formality for there to be a paper trail that certain documents were unclassified. So with that precedent already being set, which is bad, hopefully what this whole thing does is like, hey, we need more congressional oversight of what a president is allowed to declassify he should request it it should go to probably a congressional oversight committee this would be a vote because then you have an actual check and balance that would help prevent against a bad actor being able yeah, to I do even, something i don't even know if there needs to be a vote there just has to be a notification sent to congress cataloging these are the documents we're declassifying <laughs> uh it does and again unless they pass a new law because he's the ultimate classification of Florida, I don't even think he needs to give a reason. He just has to say, I'm declassifying these documents and Congress needs to be notified uh, ahead of time, of, like before they're removed from any sort of secure facility, uh, in my opinion. I don't, I don't, but if they change the law and are going to add something like that in that process, you might as well make them say, hey, why are you declassifying this? Uh, but again, that doesn't even really change the, we give the president's leeway for that situation I explained earlier of like, oh, we're going to meet the Israelis and this says no foreign, but they really need this information. The president can decide in that moment, hey, you know, here's this, like, that's why they have that that ultimate classification authority leeway. It's not meant for, I'm taking all these boxes of classified home with me when I leave office. 
but that's the loophole in it. No, you know, I, I agree. I say I just even even the point you know at the very beginning with man, there's a lot that President Trump's presidency did to reveal how much power the chief executive holds. Yeah, I mean, obviously with with my worldview and political uh, perspective, I'm like, hey, let this be a flag to all sides of the aisle. Yes, that that needs to be reined in. This yeah. is just another example to me of even if everything is take out the the raid and, and all of that, but even if everything is fine, look how easy it is for anybody to any president. It should <laughs> it should be like um, authorization of military use of military force, where like if a president president has to get authorization generally for war or for military strikes, but the, what the AUMF set up was like. A president can make the call to strike a high value target, and then when forty within forty eight hours they have to brief the gang of eight in Congress, you know, the reasons why they did that and why they couldn't notify Congress ahead of time. That should be similar with ultimate classification authority. The president should be able to declassify something in the moment or or lower the classification in the moment, but within forty eight hours there should be a briefing of, hey, I declassify this, here's why. Uh, and that should be like on the record. I mean that would certainly be better than what we have. Not best, but in my opinion, yeah. not best, but yeah, definitely better than what we have. But I don't know. I mean, what, what do you think well, they ultimately, what do you think they'll end up finding? I mean, I don't know what they'll end up finding. I think the question is like, what, where do we go from here? What is, what is, what is America, what does the U.S. government look like from this day forward? Like, are we going to start holding people in power accountable? Was this a one-time thing? If it's a one-time thing, it looks way more politically motivated if it's not Trump- uh, doing something egregiously wrong, not just not giving back classified material. Uh, like what, what do we, where do we go from here? Like we were already fractured. Like there's already divisions. There's already, I mean, not serious talks, but like I know on that true social platform, like you can search civil war and it's a pretty popular topic. And I'm not talking about the one from the 1800s. Uh, not, I, I don't think we're on the brink of a civil war by any means, but this is definitely, like you said before, like this absolutely gives them a, uh, a talking point to make Trump a martyr, right? Like he, he's going to be a martyr for their cause in the in the political sense of like, look, he came and did all these things and was, you know, drained the swamp and told the truth. And the deep state came after him. Like they stole the election from him and then they raided his house and you know what if this leads to criminal charges and locking him up like it does give that narrative for me that is i i don't care that that narrative is out there because the rule of law and holding people accountable is more important if we go if the worst case scenario we went to a civil war over this it'd be the dumbest reason in the history of civil wars but it would be it's still more worth it to uphold the law than it is to curb a potential civil war yeah yeah and, and and i think i put something on twitter about this and it's one of the rare moments where i tweet out of any sort of emotion but this was frustration because <laughs> i saw a lot of people just like tomorrow we war just you know this means war just all this not all this senseless uncalculated talk about war and it's like this this can't be just some term we flippantly throw around like that's not a cool thing that's not like a casual i don't know that bothered me. Like, I hated seeing that when it's like, hey, how about we understand what happened? How about we understand what the reason was behind this? Wait to see what they found um, and let this thing play out a little bit before we just throw temper tantrums um, to the extent that people with millions of followers are, are talking about taking up arms. Like that, That's just 
that that bothered me. Um, I don't I don't see this going that far. I have some concern that uh, there's one madman who gets lucky and it can be real dangerous. I mean, World War One, the final straw was you know Archduke Ferdinand getting assassinated. So so some of that concerns me as far as you know one-offs doing something dumb. I think what might be more realistic is that this just becomes normal political theater where law enforcement um, harasses political opponents who aren't in power because if this shows up nothing and let's say President Trump wins in 2024. In 2016, he was already talking about, you know, lock her up and throw her in jail and all this stuff. And granted, he never did any of that. But are you going to tell me that if he wins in 2024, there's a non-zero chance that he goes after Hunter Biden? And again, don't wrong, I would assume that he's probably broken laws. And that's why you and I both agree. If there's reason to, you know, justice should be blind. Like if he's doing nefarious illegal things, that matter who's who your dad is. Like the investigation and a an accountability for breaking the law. And I would say it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if he wins in twenty twenty four and Hunter Biden has some law enforcement agency after him. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean I don't think the Hunter Biden stuff is a whole nother topic. But it's so it's <laughs> it's not really politics. He's not a politician. He's the son of a politician. But, sure, but it would be to get back at a political. I mean, like I'm saying, like, sure. No, I know what the motivation is. Absolutely. I'm just saying, like, for me, like, it it doesn't matter to me. Hunter Biden could be. You would have to show a connection that, like, by like Joe Biden was a co-conspirator or you know an accomplice or whatever. Like, and I get no, no, no. I'm sorry. I guess what I'm saying but, is, like, but I know what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. No, I, I completely understand what you're saying. I've just I've heard that this isn't directed at you. This is more into the ether of like all the stuff I've heard about Hunter. Like I've had this conversation about Hunter Biden with different people, different right wing people. And it's just a bizarre thing to me. Uh, that wasn't directed to you. I just, I needed to get my, <laughs> get it out of me, <laughs> my thoughts out of me. Uh, but you yeah, know, I agree. Like the, polit- the politicization of the justice department. I mean, there were accusations of that against Trump. I think anytime you go after uh, the opposite an opposite party member, there's always those cries of politicization. I don't know if it matters in the long run. I don't think anybody has high um, esteem for the Department of Justice. Like, it's not like their reputation is going to get any more sullied. <laughs> so it's not, I don't think that matters much anymore. It's like saying, like, everybody hates their, con- everybody hates Congress, but everybody relikes their congressmen because they're not the problem. It's just never going to go away. There's always going to be the accusations of politicization, whether it's true or not. If the Justice Department, if Trump won and the Justice Department went after Hunter Biden and they found legitimate wrongdoing and he was convicted under a court, you know, with full transparency, you know, you might have went after him because he was a political rival son. But in the end, he was doing something illegal. So you can't really be mad about it. And by the same token, if you're a former president and you're doing something illegal, it's one thing to go after Trump for something he's doing now, but like he, this is a vestige of him being in office. Like you, you can't let him get away with this just because he's a former president. In my opinion, if, if everything happens, if everything they say is happening is happening, which we don't know much at this point, but it's definitely something to keep your eye on. It's definitely something that, I mean, I, I don't think you've overblown it. Like this is serious. This is one of the most serious this might be the most consequential FBI raid of all time if on either side, if nothing comes of it or if everything comes of it. So 
it behooves people to understand what what the situation is, what the facts are, and we should be watching this very closely because it's I agree with you. That, facts. Yeah, this does have future repercussions for good or for bad on on for on on any outcome for the most part. So, hey, let me ask you a question: If justice was blind, how many congressmen go to congressmen and women go to jail right now? If everything was fully known, I mean, well. Justice is blind. Insider trading isn't illegal for Congress, unfortunately, but it should be. And if it was, a lot of them would go to jail. Uh, they, the, it's wild the stuff they can do that a normal person can't. And we get to see their uh, – they have to submit their like financial documents. So we get to see exactly how much money they're stealing from the stock market based on insider trading. Uh, but Justice – yeah, I mean a, a lot of them. A lot of them are corrupt, absolutely. I, there was a – there's something they did in like the 70s, I think. Maybe it was the 60s. I think it was the 70s where they there's like an FBI sting where they pretended to be some wealthy business donor and uh, they bribed like 70 Congress people and 25 of them took the bribe. So if you're going by those odds, like you're talking like a quarter of Congress goes to jail just, just on just on corruption. Like who knows what other illegal stuff they're doing, like Matt Gates and his sex trafficking. Uh <laughs> So, yeah, I I think a quarter to a third of Congress is probably a safe bet. And that would be my thing. Like, I am 100% about, me personally, without thinking about ramifications of perception, justice should be blind. And if it could be served tomorrow, like, it shows how far from the idea of honorable statesmen we've come to represent us. Like, I'd rather that be the case where it's like, hey, you can't say this is partisan because Republicans and Democrats in probably equal numbers each are being held accountable. Like this is just yeah. us living just, up to the ideals we say we value. And I'm all about it. I just don't yeah, know just, anybody that would. I mean, not, not that it balances it out or, I mean, it's most certainly a, a fluke or chance, but like, I'm pretty sure just today or yesterday, the justice department charged a uh, democratic congressperson from a former democratic congressperson from California for fraud. Uh, so it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be an R or a D thing. It should be, a USA thing, an America thing. We should we should be going. It's much like how I think cops should be held to a higher standard. Like if you break the law as a congressperson, as a representative of the people, you should get a much harsher punishment. Uh, you're supposed to set the standard, and we if we did that, if it was like automatic, like uh, whatever the minimum and maximum sentences are for crimes, Congress people should get twice that, like minimum. Like that's the minimum if you get convicted of a crime, you get twice the normal. Uh, um, sentence because you're betraying that public trust. And, you know, if you're a Congress, you're supposed to be writing the laws. So you should be the most intimately familiar with. <laughs> right. You should know better for <laughs> sure. Well, I thought that was I, honestly, when we were like 15 minutes in, I was like, Oh, we're going to blow through everything I wanted to say in like 30 minutes because we were well on that track, but I'm glad we were able to uh, expand the discussion and, and talk about more things because I it really is like, it's not hyperbole. This is, the con- the outcome of this is very 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 consequential for the future of the United States. So, uh, Thomas asked me if I wanted to delay another week, and I was like, "This is this is probably too important to delay another week." So I'm glad we got to talk about it tonight. But again, thanks for being patient with us. I you know I can't guarantee we're going to be have a new episode in another two weeks because again I have a newborn. I start school on Monday. I am not entirely sure <laughs> how that's going to work. I'm going to be uh, stretched super, super thin, but I do want to record these because I always have fun talking about these kind of conversations. And Thomas always challenges me on my uh, 
I don't want to say insane beliefs, but you know, non-standard non, I guess that's the, the gentlest way to put it, but we appreciate you guys and we'll, we'll try to get back on track, but again, no promises, but we'll do our best as always. Thanks for listening.